And good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to a new Pentabar. This year, we're starting in full force with the one and only Victor Renta, who is a live coder now in this session. We'll do a live coding kata, um, and it's about test-driven development. We'll see um, what's that about, and we'll find out more um, from Victor himself. Um, Victor is an avid code writer for 20 plus years and also an associate professor at Polytechnica University in Bucharest. He led uh, seven successful projects in IBM and in his desire to share passion, um, the passion for the clean code and unit testing, he founded Bucharest Software Craftsmanship Community, which is one of the largest communities of developers in Romania, as he says. But I cannot uh, wait to find more about that. We had the Pentabar with Victor last year and it went very well. Um, and I liked his style in explaining and, you know, live coding with you guys in full interaction. So we're open for questions at any time. We'll try to manage them all. So for that, please go into the Q&A section um, from the start of this session as we interact and explain the problem. As you've seen, and I do expect you have entered the links in the brief that we had from this event, see a bit of the problematic. We will solve this problem with um, a leaf simulator um, and we'll see how the test-driven development works and what are the benefits, what is it working for and what not. But I'll not go further with too many explanations on this, I am Mihai Zant and I'm an executive co coach and international trainer. I'm on the softer part of the arena in the leadership, you know, behavioral and, uh, you know, managing teams. And I will challenge Victor on some of the ideas. And if I understand, because I'm a coder at the base, then everyone should also. Um, hello, Victor. How are you? Hi, perfectly. Perfect, perfect. I'm just looking forward to do this. Uh, it's a Difficult topic. Let's see how we can uh, fit this in this time. I love your t-shirt. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> just. Still, uh, just my high school came back to me with the, yes. the dark song and... Um, First love is never forgotten. Yes. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all about the coding. We are uh, 150 now and uh, raising. Um, so we'll have a lot of interaction. I just repeat the rules. We will follow the chat, but in order not to miss any questions, and if you want to interact, please use the Q&A. It's in the bottom part of the Zoom Q&A section, and there we will be sure that we manage the questions and we take them in order. I hope everybody has uh, the seats uh, comfortably done um, and, um, you know, a desire to interact. Um, and I will let uh, Victor uh, take over and I will challenge you from time to time and manage this session together. Thanks a lot. So, uh, Mihai introduced me. Uh, let me show my screen first of all. Um, so, yeah, I'm Victor. I have the community. I have a blog. I have a list of my best talks and some other goodies on my website. I do trainings for a living. I left IBM to do more trainings with more teams, and I do this every day. Hundreds of days, online webinar, Java world, but not only. What we'll see today is one part of the unit testing area. It's the test-driven development. Uh, before we even start, quick intro. The point of the test-driven development is to write the test before you write the implementation, period. Why to do that? Because, yeah, let's, let's see, actually. Let's go into the, let's draw the conclusion at the end. Now, the purpose of today is to implement um, a simulator, I mean, to the, the core logic that coordinates the movement of an elevator. Like you said, the, it was the elevator mu music we heard uh, in the, before the webinar started. So yeah, this is a, a lift. Now, a bit, of, uh, a bit of context. The problem is very difficult. How I ran into it, uh, it's the lift kata. Okay. Uh, Emily Black actually suggested that to me on Twitter. Uh, it's a very challenging kata. It's not a simple one because you have to model somehow the behavior of this lift. And there are different approaches. Um, Emily took one which is based on sampling. I will take one which is based on events. Uh, 
Now, if it, if you had the chance to take a look at the code, you saw that I have to implement some methods in my lift controller. Uh, and I will implement these as we come up with test cases, which force me to implement logic in there. Uh, that's kind of it. That's the plan. But uh, I spent hours, many hours, to try to come up with this API. And that part of the exercise I will left out. I will start from this API. To support, I mean, the behavior of lifts are, is quite interesting. Uh, and because it's rather complex, I, uh, write, I wrote a, a little swing ap application to allow us to, si to simulate how a lift would behave. Now, the behavior of this simulator is exactly the, uh, the, the same as the behavior of the elevator that I have in my flat, in my, in my, in my, um, in my block. So, for example, if, you, uh, this, if the lift is now on the first, on the, on the ground floor, you can press up and it will go up to take uh, the person there. Now, this is a simulator. I couldn't just go in the hallway and show them how my, my lift does it. So just to get an idea of the experiment and to come up with different test cases, but the implementation is empty, as we can see. Nice. And then we'll get started. So we already had the first uh, test, I mean, the, the test class written, and we will just start adding unit four. And let's come up with the simplest possible test. That's always the case in TDD. You will always start with the most simple possible unit test. Now, um, let's see. So we have an, uh, a list controller here. And uh, what could be the first test? Interesting. Uh, the methods that we need to actually don't care about the methods, really. We just care about how we uh about the requirements what could we ask the lift to do now um the the current floor is now zero but what if the lift is initially not not at zero not at the ground floor perhaps at i don't know at the first floor so let's assume that uh we're at our first test which is like this place uh initial floor now to to, to make it work i need to really instantiate here the new lift controller and let's assume that i would what what let's from, from this lift let's take this part uh, get current floor uh, get current floor now this current floor now ret uh, returns zero but the thing is uh, writing a test like that is not very smart because yeah it's already green although we didn't implement anything there so you see because in java the by default when you specify int zero is kind of the default value this test doesn't bring any any value into into the play so let's actually twist a bit and let's say that the lift doesn't start at ground floor instead i will instantiate the lift and pass uh, imagine the lift is now at first floor i would need you see now the test is not uh, uh, passing because it doesn't compile really. So I need to add first the constructor, which is which is the initial floor. Let's name it. Good. And then we, uh, yeah, the, the test is ready. Really, this I need to remove this. So the initial floor is one. Then what what would I expect to get back from this? I would expect to get the first floor. Good. Now if you run the test, let's see, uh, initial floor. We have what we have, yeah. Now the application that I, so I have another application in the background which I could run, which displays the behavior of my elevator. The same swing application running on the behavior on the class that I wrote, this is it. And if you, as you see now, pressing anything here, we just, we just won't do anything, right? Uh, great, but still it returns ground floor. Anyway, coming back to the test. The test, uh, if I start with an elevator at first floor, I would expect it to return one. That's the current floor. I'll run the test and then see what happens. It fails, of course. Uh, the moment you see it failing, you are, you are allowed to go and fix it in production. Let's put one here. <laughs> and you say, okay, what are you doing? This is the most simple possible change I could do to make the test pass. Those of you who are already familiar with TDD already know that, already feel that I'm going the triangulation style of TDD. So displays first floor if starting at one. Let's put this name. Good. But what if I, what if I, so yes, you see, right? The implementation is not yet correct because I'm not always at first floor. I will duplicate the test and create another one. Displays ground floor if starts at zero. Yeah. And then I would ask this to, to return zero in case I start at zero. 
Simple as that. Now, of course, I couldn't possibly return one still uh, constant here. So I need to do stuff. Well, you get the point, right? The input is here, so then the output should be there. So I need to keep in mind this initial floor. Let me create a field for this parameter. I will be using a lot of shortcuts. All the shortcuts are displayed here in Windows and in Mac. Victor, we have a <laughs> question that I think it's about the context. Um, and uh, uh, you get to choose if you responded or not. Yes, no. good, indeed. Uh, the uh, TDD adapts say that TDD helps them to design interfaces. Very good. Now, if you, if I would do that, I would spend just maybe one hour just to tune the interface, which is a bit, I mean, not so maybe, the discussion wouldn't be this focused. Indeed, you are right. TDD is meant to simplify your interfaces and to come up with the most simple interface at the end. But I would say that this would be the second goal of TDD. I mean, this is uh, when you already applied TDD for a while and you go next level and you say, okay, I have a problem. I don't know the API for it. And let me design the API using TDD. In this exercise, however, because the space of possible solutions is so wide, this is one of the most complex TDD kata I know of, I chose to start from the written API. But I could have started from actually it's a good I could actually say here void and basically delete everything I could do that but you know what I will lose by doing that I won't be able to run the simulator this simulator that I have that I can uh, uh, the simulator uses this API to come and display the, the behavior of my of my elevator as I implement it if you would start from bare metal from scratch you wouldn't have that and you have to somehow figure out what to so yeah, you got me on this. I took a shortcut, okay? I took a little shortcut to, to, to keep the discussion a bit more focused. Now this initial floor, I will put it in a field and I will have to return it back here. And by the way, this, the design that I have here will only take you halfway. It won't take you to the entire exercise because at some point you need, you need to change it, you'll see. Uh, we won't get there today, but uh, we, we will be in, a, in, the, in, a, in another episode. Now, this initial floor, I don't plan to finish this all today. Initial floor is here, and then this should return. Both tests should, should pass. Nice. Let's see, what else could you expect? Well, let's, let's look at the simulator and see what, what, what's the behavior. What if I call it to go up? I call it from a, I, I, I just call it from a, from a floor up on a higher level here. I would expect my elevator to turn and to display this little icon, you see? To tell that, he's, that it's going up. It's actually this one, get current direction. Uh, and you see, it's, it's meant to display the direction as an option, why? Because sometimes the, the, elevator, the elevator doesn't display anything. And instead of returning a null, I chose, of course, to return an option in Java. So let's try to, for, to sketch this, uh, this design, uh, this idea. So uh, it displays, it goes up, it goes up when called from above. Let's see. So I will rely on this lift controller, but I will assume that I will start from the ground floor for simplicity. And uh, let's build this. So I will have the list controller, very good, here. This is the controller, the list. Oh, to answer your question in another perspective, you might Consider this problem to be written in the context of an existing hardware uh, setup that signals you whenever you are called, for example, get, no, not get next call, when you are called, for example, call from a specific floor or that uh, signals you that you've reached a certain floor or signals you that your door were closed and so on. Right. So this might be, this might really be the case that you have already the, 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 the behavior of the surrounding uh, environment in place. Cool. Now this list, I will call it, let's try to do that. List.call, call, yes, I need to call it. From where? Well, this call, it's actually, let's see, it has two, possibil two, two possibilities, you see? You can call the elevator from a floor, I mean, from a floor to go in a certain direction, or you can call the elevator, uh, I mean, ask the elevator to go up at a certain floor. Let me uh, point out the difference. When you call from two to go down, so this particular case, the first one, I will press here. 
to call it to go to the second floor, I will, I will press on the two button from within the elevator, inside the elevator. You see, so there are there are two ways to call the elevator, and this is hardware again. This is exactly how my my lift looks like. So call in this regard. Let's just call it to go in the second floor, for example. What would I what would I expect to do? So this is the preparation. This is the the uh, uh, let's say the when, and then what's the effect? Well, the lift should display lift. What did I call list? Why well, not list? List. Okay, bad habits. Lift dot get current direction. Then this one, you would you could say get and get the optional, and then assert equals, which is a postfix template I created for myself to, to to check that it goes up. Interesting. Now you see there are little problems here. Uh, you are calling get without without a check. What didn't put the buttons inside the elevator? Yeah, because it was too hard for me and I'm not a front-end expert. So yeah, the buttons should have moved. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, do, I didn't do that. Yeah, so I think I, this was done. Cool. No. Um, so get will get me the value from the optional, but IntelliJ isn't very happy because now you are accessing get without checking if it's something inside the optional. But you know what? I really don't care about that. And this is one trick. You can edit this profile settings to only apply on production code, not on tests. In which case, did I get it right? Let's see if I managed to fix that. It's one issue that in tests, in tests is perfectly valid to just get stuff. So in production is here, everywhere else is just weak warning. Let's see, let's see if I get it. Yes, I don't care doing get in tests. If there is nothing inside, guess what? It will crash. Good. But this is a bit cumbersome, so there is another assert that, if I don't recall, if I recall correctly, from assertions, from assertions, which if you pass the lift, get current deep, current lift again, get current direction, it has fluent API to say that has value in a single shot, has value. Again, this is Java specific stuff. I won't focus that much because some of you might not be Java developers. Coming back here, this is how the code, this is how I would look at the test. I would, I would left the, the test in my, in my case. Cool. Let's run the test. Let's see if it passes. Of course, it shouldn't pass. We wanted to see it failing. And it fails. Very good. How should we fix that? Well, <laughs> I, won't go, I won't do the same thing as before. Of up. I mean, nah, this is just strange. It's cheating, right? Another two questions okay. from Doreen. How do you actually make this square? <laughs> oh my God, you don't want to know. You don't want to know. It's not Java FX now. It just don't look there. Don't look in the green, please, please. And shouldn't we first test, to answer the question, honestly, by doing little sleeps, uh, shouldn't we first test degenerate use cases for the method? That's so that we cannot call it an invalid floor. If you very good, Andre. Uh, in general, TDD goes uh, and says that you should start with the most simple cases, but again, there's a trick. If you start with, with aberrant cases, like calling it from the, uh, from the 200 floor, what building in the world has 200 floors, right? That could be interesting, I mean, simple to implement, but not very useful to get you to where you go, right? So um, it might be depressing in my opinion. So I will start with the most simple happy flows and I will leave the boundary conditions Maybe a bit later, but not the first thing to start with. And furthermore, you notice I never set a boundary to this. To this um, again, I am assuming that the hardware is already correctly wired, so I would assume that the inputs are correct to this. And you typically do this in TDD exercises to avoid validating all the possible weird cases. So I will assume that there is no button on floor two hundred because there is no two hundred button. But again, this is just a. A, a, a section separate but new line on common when doing TDD. Uh, assert the act, uh, uh, assert act, and a, a section separated by new line. We could, we could. It's just a matter of style. It kind of pays off in case you have a lot of stuff. In case you have a lot of stuff going on, yeah, it kind of works. But if there are three or four lines, what, you can get it right, right here. Right. Good. Thanks for the question. I think these were answered. Um, and I'll, I'll just stop you before we go forward, just to frame a bit the uh, the event. Now that we are in threshold of uh, 225 uh, people, and some are uh, wanting to enter. So if you have friends that didn't get the link 
normally in the event they have the direct link and they register there and enter because we receive some of the questions. And just to frame this, so uh, we are here in the Pentabar, which is a series of events um, organized by Pentalog. Um, and because we've received to the panelists more questions there, if you want to see the recording of this session, and if you want to see the other session with Victor and the other session in the Pentabar, um, the girls will give you um, uh, here the link when you can subscribe and have this session also after the session. So because we've received this question several times, you will have the recording. We are recording this. And if you register for uh, the Pentabars, you can have the links now in the chat. Um, it will be given to you. Um, then... Stay tuned until the end because we'll have some uh, giveaways in terms of uh, uh, ebooks, and you will see the tech trends uh, there. Back to you, Victor. Cool. Thanks. So, um, this yet current direction. I, in the meantime, I, you saw I remembered the floor from which I was called. There is no other way to know that we need to go up, but to remember these two in a field, there is no other possible solution, right? So then, there, there you go. I saved it in a field. The most simple possible solution. Okay, and let's see how this works. Well, in the get current direction, I will look if I'm called from floor, right? Then this floor is larger than the initial floor. Okay, then I will return up, but not just up. Up, like up one, optional of, of up. Did it work? No, direction.up. I will say that I will go up. Interesting, but you see, um, we didn't really test this. You see? So from this regard, a purist TDD practitioner would say that, wait a second, you are cheating. You didn't test this. Now, in real world cases, this will happen to you all the time. You will discover some rules, some ifs, some things as you implement stuff, the tests. Now, I want you to be very honest to yourself. Did we test this? No, we didn't. So I just commented out the production code and I will force myself to uncomment it. Look, because the test now is still passing. I will force myself to write the necessary, uh, uh, by, by writing a test, to then be forced to, to, to uncomment back the line. So let's see, where should this display uh, nothing, really? So initial uh, state, so if not called, initially, no direction, okay? I, I know that you could go more verbose about it, and in production code, I might, like, um, the initial, or given, even, given the initial um, the initial uh, state or, or the, uh, uh, initial elevator will not display a direction. And Victor, what if the lift is called from many floors in the same time from different directions? That's, a That's the beauty of it. You can imagine. Q &A and you have another one in the Q&A from Bogdan. You, uh, I think these are done. So what if the lift is called from many floors in the same time? From the That's the beauty of it. It should work in the most efficient way. And it will, but probably after three hours. <laughs> not, okay. not today, probably. Good. Now, let's, let's move on for a second. So let me write a test which will force me to uncomment this line. How would I, how could I do that? Given the given initial lift, um, uh, then, without any action, really, then no direction is displayed. Now, this is um, uh, what we call a given when then statement, given, but there is no when because there is no trigger. Let me, for, let me finish this. The current direction should be, and again, using assert for J, folks, remember this one, it's very good. Uh, boom. This is assert for J, mandatory stuff in case you are doing unit tests a lot. Fluent syntax. And then assert that is empty. Very good. And initially, I want it to be empty. Nice. So let's see. Will it work? Yeah, okay. It says always up. So we need an if. But what could that if be? We could do that. But honestly, we are just testing. I mean, how could we make both of them pass? Well, one way is to just check that this is different than zero. Now, folks. Different than zero is less information than saying greater. 
You are aware of that, right? It's less information, not equal to zero. So if my list goes like from zero, it starts then by default, the initial direction is just empty, is nothing. Interesting, very interesting. Now just wait a second because I see myself copy pasting a lot of stuff and you will happen. This will happen to you all the time. This leaf controller, leaf controller, leaf controller with zero is instantiated three times. Three is enough. Control Alt F, I make it a field. I'll replace everywhere and I will make it in the constructor, you mean? Yeah, constructor. Let's name it in the constructor. Like this. And honestly, I could join this even further. That's it. So I will, I will extract the duplication when I have three occurrences and it's too much lift control, let's just say lift. A bit of housekeeping around to clean a bit the stuff and we're done. We reduce the duplication in our tests. Good. So we have now four tests. They all, I hope they pass, but we didn't got to what we wanted, right? Because we just tested it's different than zero. So you see, I should create another test, which uh, makes it go down. Ah, interesting. What if I'm called from minus one? Goes, it displayed goes down when called from below. Interesting. Uh, now, uh, I want to just to spend one, one minute about naming convention. Given, initi given initial lift, uh, then no direction is displayed. This is the, let's say, classical, um, um, progressive revealing of namings. But Sandra Mancuso, Sandra Mancuso had a very interesting idea. And instead of that, to start with the expected action, no direction, so displays no direction. It's more focusing the people. Displays no direction when uh, initial lift, when initially, even that. And we have a raised hand if you want to engage now. Yeah, if you should test if it's different than initial floor. Interesting. Yes, I should test that it's different than, than initial floor. Very good. That's a good catch. But I didn't saw that. I didn't saw that. Let's force this. The moment you, you notice such a thing, you should be writing a test to, uh, to, to, to ask yourself to implement it. But first, let's finish this one. I don't want to lose focus here. I want to check that it goes down if I go, uh, if I'm called from, a, from minus one. So this will force me here to do what, right? This new test should go red. Let's see first that it goes red, right? Now I'm in what we call the, uh, the green state. My goal should now be uh, to make it pass as fast as possible. The most simple way to do it, of course, is to check that if call from floor greater than zero than this, else if call from floor less than, and the, I know what you're saying, the initial floor should be there, then return of direction dot down. Down, please. Thank you. Good. And I will statically import these since I will use them quite a lot in this code. Very good. Now, let's see, does this fix the problem? Let's see. And then we'll focus on this zero here. Interesting. Now, to tweak this a bit and to have this not zero here, what I could do, I mean, the, I think the simplest thing I could ever do here, let me just get rid of this. I could instantiate the lift here. I mean, I will complicate a bit more this test. For example, new lift, lift controller. And I will, I will say that it starts from the first floor, right? So in this case, let's see if I get it right. Lift, come on, lift, lift. Okay, good, not this. So I should be, enough. how to put this? You could check that what, let's see, what if we start from initial floor, what, what would be? It's too complex. It's too complex to add to the same test. Let's write another one. What if we had from below, okay, uh, this plate goes down when called from below current floor. Now to have this, we need to lift controller, lift equals new. And I will make this, I want to, to point out just to this one, okay? Just to this one. No, don't, ah, var in tests, interesting idea. You shouldn't have very, you shouldn't have many, uh, many variables in tests altogether anyway. 
but you could, you could. If a variable lives a little time, yeah, varying test could could work. Why not? Not entirely sure, but so let's let's point out to this problem. I won't point to this. I will prove the test. I will write the test needed to fix this, and then I will just fix it. Fix it in the other way, in the other place also. How can we come up with a test which? Even if you are uh, requested from a, from a floor above yourself, you shouldn't display still no direction. I could place the elevator at the first floor, right? And then call it from the first floor. Interesting. If you call a lift from the same floor, you should, you should return you is empty. Is empty. And this is always how you start. You start by writing the, 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 the context and then the action and then the expectation. And only then you name the test. So displays no direction when called from the same floor. Interesting. So I will call it from the same floor and I will expect to be empty. I want to see this test failing. Nice, it fails. Because it turns up. So what I should do here is just put here the current floor. Now, I, I wouldn't, uh, let's see, initial floor, interesting. Is it initial floor? For now is initial floor, but really this is the current floor, but not yet clear. Now, I proved how to do this. I could do the same for the other one, but I will go ahead to, to make best to your, your use of your time and I will replace it here also. That's it. Interesting. Now, why did I choose this problem? It's a, because, you know, you know, controlling the lift movement, it's quite a critical uh, uh, piece of logic, right? It comes down to efficiency in terms of people time, in terms of power consumption, and you kind, it kind of deserves more attention. It's quite a complex problem, right? Call from above, call from below. Good. Let's see, what else could we test? So we just said, we just did that if we are called from this, it will display down or up or nothing. Good. What should we do next? Any other idea? Let's see. Um, maybe, maybe to see that uh, what call returns. Now, uh, the, the question that is really the very tricky one is how do you really control the, the, the movement of the list? of the lift. How, how does the controller really tells the lift engine what to do? And there's the, there's the sketch. Every uh, API, this, this API, uh, when the controller is invoked to the call method, it is expected to return back an engine command. And telling the, the engine what, telling the lift, what should it do? Should it go up one floor, down one floor, or open the doors? Now, to come up with these three actions, it took me several hours to, of brainstorming. How the heck did I, what should, what are the, the least, the, the smallest possible API to fix that? And as you asked at the, the beginning, that's quite a good question, but out of scope for today. I want you to get the taste of TDD and start doing this, not go into the more fine-grained stuff for now. So lift engine command, right? Now, one valid test, and I will uh, write it separately, is that, um, uh, uh, requests to go up. I will use the Sandra Mancuso uh, naming conventions. Request to go up when called from above. Okay. Now, how, how could you? I mean, what do, the, do I really expect? I expect that when I call it, it returns me here a uh, command, which is actually assert, assert that this command, command, Command is what? Well, if I call it from the first floor and I am now on the ground floor, but if I am on the ground floor, I'm in the default list and I will use the field that I've defined. Right? Removing, constantly removing extra clutter from your code. Then I will expect this is what? This is going up is, uh, no, has value, what's the API? Has value, yes, up. I'll expect that it will tell my engine to go up, but this is a different up go up and actually let's import that. Phew, it has a different name. Run the test, I want to see it failing and then come back. What if lift control is created with a negative floor? Interesting. Uh, now, coming back to my, uh, to my setup, 
if I, I would have a minus one, like basement or I don't know, uh, uh, parking lot, let's say, then uh, I would expect that I have the necessary wiring and I would expect that my system is all is behaving properly. So again, for this problem, I will not validate inputs. But it's trivial to do, right? I mean, what? To verify that a certain ex exception is being thrown, it's easy to do. It's not a big of a fuss. If in your requirements, you are supposed to validate those, those, uh, those requests, then go ahead and do it. But otherwise, for this example exercise, it's more interesting to focus on the, on the hardcore logic. For requests to go up, and of, of course, it doesn't yet do that. Interesting. So what I should do here is kind of the same thing. So if I am called from a copy-paste, <gasps> copy-paste, my God, what did you do? You copy-pasted code. Shame on you, shame on you. Return of, but I am allowed to do that. More and more, I will uh, tell you that uh, more things about TDD. TDD, uh, in, when fixing a test, you are supposed to take the shortest path to get it right. Shortest path to make it pass. Don't think of design. Ken Beck, the inventor of TDD, actually said that we wanted developers to take shortcuts consciously when they fix tests, in order for them to be ashamed of the code that they, they wrote, in order for them to be sorry and then repent by cleaning up. In this regard, in this particular example, I don't really have much to clean up. I mean, that's really the case. But you could, in other places, be more... Uh, okay, so the lift control with negative flow, I think I'm done with it. I don't be testing the implementation details, lift engine command, but that's the API really. I'm supposed to implement just the, 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 the microchip, the, the CPU of the lift. And the engine is something outside of my logic. It's a real world device which receives these commands. So no, I'm not testing implementation details. No. Besides the questions, we have also a debate on the chat and uh, I, I wonder if it's the same. So what do you think about specifying the test scenarios using uh, a BDD tool? Perfect. Where you specify many go, go, go. outputs and uh, some others are following the answer one. Good. Uh, I don't, for some reason, I can't see. Oh, yeah, now I see. Uh, BDD is the next level. Um, the thing of BDD. Okay. Um, how to put this? Let me just... The thing with BDD is that you can go with that feature file uh, to your, to your uh, business and uh, force them into validating those features. That's the catch. If you don't do that, don't use feature files. Again, I repeat, do not use feature files unless business validates this. Do not use feature files just for fun. Do not do that. But these are super valid in case the business can say, okay, that's exactly what I meant. And this is a real world example of, of a feature file. This, is a, this was a search form. And we kind of, we, we went on and we verified every freaking single line. And we, together with the business in a, in a, in a meetup, in a meeting of two hours, we, we, we run through all the cases of possible searches. So that's a good application of BDD, not everywhere. Or in case you are, you are building some very critical, like co commerce banks, millions of dollars per second kind of stuff then also is clearly, and I would go further than BDD, I will go to, I will go to fitness, I will go to, to spec, to executable specification. That's more, to, I mean, that's the advanced part. But first, focus, and I want to get you to get the taste of TDDing. So a lot of tests already, 100% coverage, if, in case you don't, you, don't, you don't trust me, let's see. This is my friend, what, in this class, the leaf controller, not all of them because I don't code all the methods, but the methods that I tested are green, entirely 100% green. I didn't went through these, of course. So this is what you get along the way. Plus a progressive understanding of the stuff. Okay, and to make the, to, to add the, the symmetric test, Wait, one, one more question. If you would have a factory for lift, <laughs> factory, would, would you trust or use it in your tests or should you only trust test specific code? If you would have a factory for lifts, can you rephrase it maybe? Uh, ask again, I'm not, it's not clear what, what you mean. Quick, just uh, duplicate this and go down in case I'm calling it from minus one. Of course, from below. Good questions, by the way, folks, thanks, thanks a lot below, are uh, supposed to go down. Some people are, 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 are now thinking, my God, he's going very slow. I mean, 
my God, he's writing, I mean, such, so much, so much tests to write, yuck. Trust me, on the medium term, you will, you will, be, you will actually gain time. But you, let's leave this for the final debate. But first, let me come back to just running the tests, please. Just the test. Okay, good. Request to go down, and of course, I need to copy paste the second thing. Interesting. Copy paste again. Else if, and then go down. Now let's see how this really behaves. That's quite interesting, and that's what um, that's what I can do with uh, having the GUI already written. I run my own list and see how it how it how it moves. So it's on the ground, great. Then let's call it from up. Ha! Huh. Wait. Yeah, it did everything. Now you see, you wonder why does it move up? Because the list engine is really doing everything. I mean, the 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 framework. When you request it to go up, it will go up one floor. See. But for some reason, this is not correctly displayed. What's wrong? What's wrong with that? We will go there. So there's another problem here. As it goes up, it doesn't trace the floor that you are at. Interesting. Very interesting. So that's one to try to solve. Because you see, look, I'm calling it from here. Does it work? It doesn't. Wait a second. I'm calling it from zero and it believes it's still on the ground floor. Ouch! My lift thinks it's on the ground floor, but it's not. Interesting, so that's why it displays, oh, of course, of course. So what we need to do instead, the simplest possible test, is to make sure we trace the current floor that we are at. Based on what? Based on what? I don't know, let's see what, 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 what API we have. We didn't yet use the get next calls. You know what this is? This is when you are in the elevator, then it, it displays the floors that you need to go through. If you ever worked in, a, in an office building, you know what I mean. It displays, you need to go to seven, then eight, then 10. It displays the floors, the pending floors. And also, um, then we have a method which says on floor. When you are on the floor, it, uh, by default, my lift now tells you tells to open the doors. So when you reach a floor, it will automatically open the door. Interesting. That's okay, okay. Uh, okay, well, how could I trace? Let's try, try to build the test. It's a more tricky test this time. Uh, let's say that displays, displays uh, first floor after, um, after being called, oh my God, no, 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 given, given, uh, when, how to name it, when, uh, no, after, after what, after on floor, uh, once, when, uh, when going up. So we do display the first floor after it gets the one floor once when going up. So you see, you can imagine my, my lift system has the sensors. When the lift goes past a floor, it will, it will signal this. Or when the lift is about to reach a certain floor. Cool. Now, uh, what do I expect? Let's start with expectations. I would expect that um, uh, this place, that's my expectation. So let's start. I assert that my lift current floor, current floor, is equal to, thanks again for, for Christy to, to show me these assert, assertions, is equal to one. And then we need to call the elevator, otherwise it wouldn't go to the first floor anyway. So lift.call of, uh, let's scale it from the first floor actually, new call. And, but you see, uh, the, uh, the call stuff has, uh, yeah, new call from the floor one to go up, or even I could assume that I am pressing the button from within here. Why did it go, go up when I... <laughs> Let's see that again. What was that? Just a second. It's quite mystery, mysterious behavior right now. Let's see. <laughs> what was that? It went up when I pressed one. Oh, I know why, because it thought it was on the ground floor. Now that's weird. Let's come back here. Lift call of from the first floor. And then I will assert that my current floor is equal to one, but only after I signal my controller that I went past a floor. Interesting. Hmm. Georgia, if you use parameterized unit test, parameterized test, um, 
then it's okay. But if you can show that table, those those pair of inputs and outputs to your business, that's even better. And to do that, go for features, right? Also, Silvio has a question there. Oh, yeah. To go to the next level with the if you have a dependency injection framework, do you trust it to inject your system under test and dependencies? Or do you only allow creating instances manually in the test class? Ha ha ha. Now to answer, I will answer that question to a full-fledged talk. At don't be mocked by your mocks. At virtual jug. Virtual jug. Uh, performed by a very smart guy, me. <laughs> That's it. But listening to your test, do it, did it last week. That's me. I don't know. And we are live. So this Hello. Is, uh, telling exactly the, the not exactly. Uh, this is the, the long story. I pasted it in chat. The, this is the long story. The short story. The short story is that I would not be keen on testing separated classes if by constructing this script controller i would be i would think of creating another class next to me i will test that class together with my controller in one single shot i will not mock immediately after that other class that i ended up creating creating no i will try to test chunks of functionality unit testing doesn't mean testing a class unit testing means to test a unit of behavior, as Kent Beck says. So it means to test pieces of functionality, well-defined, well-delineated pieces of, of, of functionality. So I will not inject mocks everywhere. I will try to test more code together, bundled as a single whole of functionality. Long story. Victor, we are less than uh, 15 minutes to Thank go. Thank you for letting me uh, know. Just, uh, just as a quick reminder. Yes, and um, besides that, um, since I promised the, the ebook, um, I think the team will put it now. So if you want to check out the tech trends for 2021, um, you'll have here a link in the chat to um, uh, get that also. Cool. Now, the test fails, so good, it fails, great. Now, I should do stuff about it, about it. Well, of course, I need, you see, already, you already understand, foresee a protocol here. When I am passing a floor, I need to do stuff. And of course, I, I, my, my hands wants me, want me to do plus plus. Plus plus on what? Well, plus plus on the initial floor. So you get the point, right? I have a failing test, there it is, there is proof, which allows me to go and touch the production code to, to fix that. And this is not uh, initial floor, really. This is just but the simplest way to fix it. Initial floor plus plus. And done. I just added one line, and I hope I fixed it. Again, constraining myself to do the least amount of changes in production. Yes, I did it. But now the names are not very fun. That's not initial floor anymore. That's the current floor. Nice. Should I, re should I replace the parameter to the constructor with current floor? No, my friend, this is the initial floor. So in this case, I will not check that here. Good, let's see how this behaves when I run the application. Where is my application? My application, please run stuff. I mean, the, uh, the UI. It's quite fun, you can see stuff happening right in front of you. So, will it change P to something else? Yes, one, yes, it works. Very good. So we can move the, we, we keep track of the floor that we are at. Interesting. Okay, um, let me maybe, just two more minutes to code, maybe one, one last test and afterwards some conclusions, some lessons learned. What other tests could I write? Where does, why doesn't it, I call it from tree, why doesn't it go up? Because it thinks it's a tree level, why? Again. Not clear for me. I want to be able to formulate a test based on that. Maybe a last test. So let's go to the first floor. It's first floor. Good. And then I will call it again. Does it go to the second floor? Yes, it, it goes. Then let's call it from the first floor. Hey. Oh my God, what am I doing? Plus, plus, oops. Plus, 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 ouch. That's bad. Uh, we need to do minus, minus sometimes. So not only we need to keep track of the current floor, but we need to, Ah, hmm. So how can we isolate a test? 
to, 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 to check that. Well, I could go down, of course. So let's imagine that I am called from minus one. Okay, displays um, uh, minus one, <laughs> strange, minus one floor after one floor when going, of course, down. So I need to call it from minus one and then I would expect it to be minus one. Run the test, the test fails and no, Peter, don't make a UI to simulate the problem. <laughs> no, of course not. But it was so hard to expect that all of you know, are perfectly visual on what the elevator move uh, looks like. I mean, I wanted to have the same picture of, what, of how an elevator should behave. So no, you shouldn't. But you are allowed to do little prototypes. Uh, that's quite a good idea. In case, in case you face complex problems, I would implement a spike or like a, a little proof concept uh, into the business to gather more inputs, to build a better picture myself and from the requirements and from a technical point of view. So yeah, don't do this every time, of course. Shouldn't we model the time passing somehow in the system? For example, after calling at a certain floor, check that after one unit of time passes, the lift went up and down. That's the solution that Emily took, the, the direction that Emily took. But you see, um, you see, there is a trick here, especially when you imagine two elevators. Oh, scheisse. Can you imagine two elevators moving simultaneously up and down? And you clicking these buttons, not at a specific moment in time, but in a random time. I mean, in a, in a contiguous time. I wouldn't like to restrict my, my behavior to just discrete time. I would like to assume that in a tick of one second, something happened. I tried that first and the API was strange and un unintuitive. With the event based, you can safely do it on the I mean, control the time from outside. And it's actually a good idea to control time from outside of your tested code and just rely on, on, on events. Now, how can we tweak this? You can actually go and twist this, uh, uh, this code into reactive programming, if you like, if you think of it a bit, right? And amazing stuff. We can have multiple elevators going up and down, but that's for a, for a later session. For now, just I want to make sure that I don't leave the tests broken. And let me just run again and see how it feels. Mm. So we have some questions, um, if you want to address them. Yes, yes, in a moment, in a moment. Uh, just uh, fix this and I will answer the questions and discuss. So, Colonel okay. how could you do this, really? Now, this is quite a tricky test, really, because you have to figure out in what, the, in what direction are you, are you moving towards. Well, for some, in this case, you need to, oh, oh, wait a second, code from floor, interesting. I could take this signature, so, let me just, if my cold from floor is greater than current floor, then this, if I'm going up, if, if I can say that. If I am going, what, down, I would go current floor minus minus. And you, you ask me, won't I test that I'm going down? Well, perhaps I would, but honestly, if you think of it, if you are cold from the same floor, the system shouldn't signal you that you've reached a new floor. So it's actually an invalid sequence of, so let me try to build a test, which will enter, I mean, you, see, you see what I mean, right? Um, I'm missing an if here. I'm missing this if. Should I add this or not? Let's see if I can build a test for that. And again, this is you analyzing the requirements really. How could you go there? How could you uh, uh, be in a case in which um, you, let's try to build it. So suppose you are called from the zero floor. Weird. You are called from the same floor that you are at. Then you do one floor and you want to see that you did not, that you are still on zero. This would be the test that would indeed highlight the missing if. Why? Because if you are on zero and you go, uh, and then you signal one floor. But, but the problem is that you never told the engine to go up. You never told the engine to go up. Let me prove that. If you assert that, and this is a bit dubious because I am asserting stuff that I'm already is empty. As a consequence to the call, my, uh, my controller told the lift engine to stay put, to stay on the same floor, right? So here you go. Your test doesn't fail on this. 
So this is my controller didn't ask for the lift to move. Then why are you moving me? So this is an invalid case, invalid workflow. <laughs> cool, invalid workflow, invalid sequence of steps. Now you would discover these kind of impossible requirements or, or cases. What you do then you email your business or you discuss this in a, in a brainstorm. The point is that this final test proved that TDD helps you identify weird cases in the requirements by going sm small steps, by taking each individual instruction one by one, you can, you can uh, analyze better. You are forced to analyze better. Come on, ask as an exercise. Let's presume this code and tests end up in a production environment, in an actual lift in a building. From a flow perspective, how will the actual people who will test it on premises can benefit from the unit tests? And more, this should be extended based on the real life. I mean, you want to what? You want to, uh, how should the actual people who will test it on premises can benefit? I mean, the tests, the, the person, the, the engineers, which will deploy, which will install the lift. How, uh, will they be able to read this? No, but you are going in the same direction as, uh, well, I don't know who asks, behavior driven design. If after I finish this, and I plan on doing at least two more sessions on this exercise, after I finish this everything, and the tests are, are perfect, I will extract this in a feature and then put the feature in front of the humans and say, read it. You can, it's human readable text. But I will in my comfort zone, in my simple test programmatic coding and so on. So yeah, very good question. The, the idea would be, come on, that indeed this test should, should, should result in a specification, right? That's what you're heading, that's what you want. And I will fortunately do that, I hope. It is an invalid flow now, but should a test not make sure that any feature changes, getting called more than one often cannot break the system. It depends, it depends. In real cases, I will indeed uh, make sure, I mean, take extra cautious that I would validate also uh, invalid inputs. But for simplicity of this exercise, I will assume the inputs are correct. Impossible inputs, assumed, assumed. Good. Now let's draw the conclusions. Two more minutes. Uh, where are the conclusions? Conclusions come to me. Yes. Before before doing that, Victor, um, just uh, my colleagues will put also the feedback form to um, sure. have it there. Please complete it. It will help you ask a lot to just improve this kind of series of the pentabars um, and know what you give you further. So if you have any suggestions, please write them there. Um, and uh, let's have a wrap up what we take out yes, of this. Exactly. It's a very important, I mean, it's been just one hour. It will take you the first shot probably four hours So do it in, in chunks and so on. The code that I've just done, I will commit end of day one of episode one. And I plan to continue this, right? Uh, now let's do the conclusions. Uh, my, my point here is that you could continue this from where I left right now, after, right now, if you don't have very good urgent stuff, try to write three more tests to see how it feels and run the application. There is a recording so we can run the, the swing app. Now, Uncle Bob defined three rules for TDD. Write production code only to fix a failing test. We did that. We did, we would never went to production and say, oh, I would like to change that. No, we, we, we analyze the problem using the simulator, okay. Then I identified the test, I wrote the test, and only then I uh, had the, I was allowed to go to production code and change stuff, okay. Yes, I will share the presentation on my social media afterwards. So we often foresee the implementation. It's very so easy, like, pack, let me just implement that. No, in TD we don't do that. Then we write one test for a feature not yet implemented, but you see, you start by that. Uh, Mihai, I would think I'll be three minutes extra. Sorry for no it. No worries. You, I would suggest that you start writing one test at a time, every time, one next test, like I did. Now, if you if you are more experienced in TDD, I would say to you that you could write more tests. And we actually did that many times. By looking at the spec, as we read the spec, we were so uh, uh, in the habit of TDD that we were writing the unit test names, these, in, the, in an empty test class. Just these, what are the cases that you want to cover? And you identify them and you think in terms of TDD, not necessarily implementing them as you read the spec, but if you practice TDD a while, uh, you will think in terms of precise test cases. And that's a side effect. That's a side benefit of TDD. 
Great. Now, when you write this test, you want to see it failing with grades. Good. Now, you didn't just write enough, just enough production code to pass the test, right? Nothing extra. The fewest keystrokes to make it pass. And I copy pasted code, I did stuff. I forgot to put ifs. I did the, short amount, the shortest amount, I've spent the least amount of time wondering how to implement. Great. And now, the last slide. The red-green refactor mantra. You've all probably heard of that. At least if you've heard of CDD, you've heard of red-green refactor. Now, uh, you start by writing a test which is supposed to fail. And this is already mind-blowing for, for some of you. What? Test for what? There is nothing written. Exactly. You, test, you write the test for something that is not yet implemented. Then you run the tests. If they fail, and they should fail, and may mind that they fail. Do not ever go and fix the test before you see the test failing. Uh, approximately at minute 20, approximately, I had a test which, which passed because it was incorrect test. I didn't point it that to you right there, but I wrote a test. If you look at the recording, you will see that I run the test once and a new test failed, uh, no, 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 failed. passed, although I didn't implement it yet. Why was that? Because I had a bug by copy-pasting the test from, I think it was quite this one. I started by copy-pasting this. I said, wait a second, I want to call it from below minus one. And I forgot to change this. And the test was passing. If you look at the recording, it was there. So mind that the tests always fail. Okay, this is what, uh, what's called as to test the test. The test should fail if production code is not there. Then you write the simplest amount, the, the shortest code to make it pass. The little imaginable, I mean, you are allowed to do shit, right? Ken Beck explicitly says that. We want developers to do shit, to do, not shit. She's a, you want the developers to make a mess, to take the shortcuts, to take, to be the duct tape programmer, to be the, the hacker. Write the least amount of code as possible. I, we want that, Ken Beck says, because we want them we want uh, them to be ashamed of the code that they wrote and find natural to refactor afterwards. So the third is uh, to refactor the production code. Either the production, either the test. Compulsively running the test to make sure we didn't break anything. Nice. And this is way where you, you, you take, you, you, you put forward the clean code book. This is where you reduce the duplication. This is how, this is where you make your code expressive. Nice. Mind that you don't add more features here. Then you come and take the next feature that is not yet implemented. And as you asked me, I wouldn't start with the, with the, with the failures. I would start with the happy flows, okay? With the, with the successful cases and the simplest ones of these. Now, if you write a test and that test directly passes, then you have two options. You are stupid or you are, you are smart. You are stupid in case you wrote an incorrect test or you are um, somehow, how to put this? You are overlapping your test with something which was already tested. You either have a bug in the test or you are testing something which was already tested. You should not see green for a new test, but you are smart. If, even if, if you see green, you leave it as a specification to prove that you can call the elevator from, I don't know what. So some redundancy in tests is not bad if it's left for documentation purposes. Then the failure should be with grace. And again, make it pass. But if it, if it takes you more than several minutes to make it pass, like a 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes, then you should come back and degenerate, go back in the flow. Go back in the flow and search for a simpler, for a simpler case. It didn't happen to us today, but we should search for a simpler case to, to start with and then come, come again, right? So if you introduce bugs while fixing your test or you get stuck, now that's advanced DD. You should be always ready to cancel your test, comment the test, come back and take a simpler test than you took. Great. And again, like another warning, when you refactor code, do not add new logic. And here's a trick for you. The coverage percentage should not decrease. Nice one. The coverage percentage should not decrease. Oh, and what uh, was one of the first questions, where is the design in this scenario? Well, the design is when you are struggling to write the tests. That's when you do design. That's where you establish APIs. And this API that we saw today, I did design this API 
the controller interface. I did design using TDD, but it took me before then. <laughs> yeah, a lot, quite a lot. And I wanted to, to spare you from that pain and the hesitations. And I, I took this little short of it. Very good question indeed. You are supposed to do design and you are supposed to end up with the most simple possible, freaking simple possible design. And that's about it. There is more to discuss about TDD, but it's for and the first session, I think it's enough. Thanks and thank you, uh, Victor, for this uh, sprint presentation and this uh, uh, great sum up. And for all of you who uh, resisted until the end, that's uh, quite a test for you uh, guys. Um, just for me to mention, don't forget about the feedback form. We want to make this better. And what you need to know is that we're taking the pentabars uh, internationally. So Victor, thank you for being again um, uh, besides pentalog and in a pentabar. I'm sure you'll be requested again uh, uh, at some time. Next week on the 27th will be in Mexico. I mean, every one of the pentabars will be in English from now on, but we'll take different continents under the, you know, pentalog radar. So make sure you subscribe there and you stay in tuned. We'll have from the coding life kata uh, type of Ventabar to the softer growth mindset coaching part of managing uh, teams. And uh, we'll do it um, uh, for you. And we hope to stay in touch uh, in this. It's the CSR movement, if you want, uh, of Pentalog of giving back and uh, seeing a bit of the culture with internal and external speakers and trainers as victories. Thank you again, Victor. Um, hope to have you again. Uh, stay in touch with us and Victor, and uh, thank you for participating so lively. Thanks. Have a nice day. Bye. Bye, bye, bye.